Tis the season, right? This is supposed to be the season of celebrating love, peace, and joy that comes from the birth of our Lord, being grateful for our blessings, appreciating all that we have, and just being a season of thankfulness. But unfortunately, it's a season where we become financially unstable, stressed from all the craziness of the parties, shopping, family events, pressure of buying gifts that leads a lot of people, especially women, into a season quite opposite of love, peace, and joy. As women are wanting to provide, for our families, we want to provide them love. We want to provide peace, joy, and somewhere in there, what we're really looking for is their approval. We're looking for that affirmation that we're worthy of our family's love, that we're worthy of their time and their attention. And when we don't get it, we eat more, we drink more, we spend more. Where is the peace in that? Last weekend, my pastor did a fantastic sermon on thankfulness. It was pretty easy to know the result of being thankful. Peace, gain, gains us perspective. We get confidence, we get joy, freedom, hope, faith, comfort, and security. But what he really talked about that really intrigued me was that he discussed the enemies of thankfulness. And here's just a few that he listed. Bitterness, resentment, criticism, dissatisfaction, unbelief, insecurity, grumbling, selfishness, and anger. Those are kind of hard to hear, aren't they? So I want to take you a minute as a wife, a mama, a sister, a daughter, or even an auntie, and think about yourself at your last family gathering. Picture yourself at the store shopping. Picture yourself during this last holiday season. What did it look like? Did it look like thankfulness or the enemy of it? Over the next few episodes, I'm going to challenge you to keep this season in check. We're going to come back to this list and we're going to apply it to overall wellness. That's right. Mental, spiritual, physical, and even financial wellness. With tomorrow being one of the biggest shopping days of the year, I think it's important that we start with financial health. So today on the show, I have two of my friends and authors from an international bestseller book, Becoming Unstoppable Woman in Finance. They're going to share their insights on financial health during the holidays. Hey sister, welcome to the war on weight. Do you want to find some motivation to finally lose your extra pounds? Do you want to feel great in your favorite pair of jeans? Do you want some weight loss that's actually sustainable? Have you given up that any program will ever work for you? Well, I'm Keitha and I'm your new best friend. I've spent a lifetime on the losing side of the battle. I felt frustrated, exhausted, self-conscious, and despite any success I had in life, I felt like a failure, but I finally won the war. How did I do it, you ask? I discovered how to implement simple, healthy habits, how to completely revamp my mindset and embrace some things that were causing me to turn to food over and over again. Lastly, I discovered how to make nutrition really super simple. And after just a few short months of fueling my body properly, I dropped more than 50 pounds and I'm maintaining it by practicing all the healthy habits you're going to learn on this podcast. So if you're tired of feeling like a prisoner in your own body, you're buying clothes to hide your body, not celebrate it. You're done having your weight affect all your relationships with others, and more importantly, with yourself. You no longer want to eat your feelings and then beat yourself up about it, then this is the podcast for you. Let's armor up, sister, and fight this war on weight together. Welcome, Heather and Hannah. How are you? Great. Thank you for having me on, Keitha. Good morning. Good morning. So, Hannah, let's start with you. I want you to introduce yourself and tell my listeners a little bit about yourself. Well, my name is Hannah Olivas. I am first and foremost a wife, mama, and grandma. Uh, I'm one of the CEO and co-founders of She Rises Studios. 
I currently reside in Las Vegas, Nevada, and I have six amazing, beautiful grandbabies whom I love and adore. Oh my goodness. I guess I didn't even realize you had six grandbabies. I just learned something new about you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Heather, tell us a little bit about you. Um, my name is Heather Stokes Benton. I am in Tampa, Florida, and I am also a mom and a wife and a grandmother only of one. Um, so I have three girls. My oldest is my um, technically my stepdaughter, but I've had her since she was five. So we don't really go by that title. We just call her my daughter. And so she has, um, my first grandbaby. So she is 27. So that's okay that she has a (laughs) five-year-old. My other (laughs) ones are six and 12 and still, you know, at home with us, obviously, um, and full of lots of needs. So we have lots of fun together. And I also own a financial services business, um, called financial GPS. And I have my own podcast too, um, financial GPS mama. And then I also work with she rice studios, um, helping them find amazing authors like yourself. That's how I met Keitha. And I'm so grateful that I did meet her. And thanks for oh, having me on. Oh, thank you. Oh my gosh. I think it's so cute how you are clarifying that you have a 27 year old. So I tried to play 36 for years. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> I'm still 36. Well, now my son is 29 and He's actually mine. So I get to start lying like, about their age. Right. Well. Just like you really <laughs> like, I'm really excited about you thir- turning 30 and all, but I really don't want to talk about that. Like, right. and, like people to know how old I am. All right. So let's talk about money and finances. According to beyondfinance.com, more than 68% of people surveyed that they are going to, their stress level is worsened during the holiday season. of those say it's a significant stress. How much you want to bet that that 15% is the women? Oh yeah. Because the women carry the to-do list, the load, they they're doing all the things they're doing the shopping, the cooking, they're trying to hit the house, right? So American psychological association says more women than men report feeling stressed around the holidays that women have a harder time relaxing and more likely to turn to the habits like comfort in finding comfort in food in order to manage their stress. So as you can imagine, when I think about financial stress and I think about my listeners who are most of my listeners are women and they're most of our women are over the age of 40, they usually have children from what I can tell so far, and they're just trying to manage their households. And so this is something that's so really, I think a really good topic for them is even on everlywell.com. It said that the people aged 30 or younger reports reported a decreased stress in, in over the holidays versus increased. I thought that was so interesting because, you know, up until your age 30, like we were talking about our kids, like we're still doing all the work for them. We're still making it like fun for them. You know, it's, and it's, the stress is not there until I think you do get over 30. So I thought that this was just a really good topic to talk about. So Heather, we'll start with you being the financial GPS mama that you are. If finances, money, and the pressure of gift giving is one of the biggest stressors, how would you recommend us to manage our money and survive the holidays without going into debt? 
All right. Well, this is a touchy, touchy subject for sure. And especially the fact that we're in the end of November, really, right? So that stress level is building up. And reality is a lot of us buy, like you mentioned, um, for acceptance or out of guilt. So either we feel guilt that we don't have enough to give, um, that maybe it's not exactly what, you know, the child might want or a family member might want, or like you said, we're seeking acceptance for them to, you know, even accept our lifestyle. Like they think that we've accomplished enough to buy them that present. So what I would really push people to do is kind of really be conscious of that and really kind of set that aside and really remember what the season is supposed to be about. And I know I have to do this with my little sometimes because they have really big hearts. They want to give everybody this and that. And I said, okay, but what is that really going to mean to that person? So really stopping and thinking about what it could be a meaningful gift that would have a lot larger of an impact. Um, I mean, even last week she was at a practice and one of the girls came in and had thank, thank you cards for every kid in the class and she'd homemade them with paper, but I never even had a child give another child a thank you card for Thanksgiving. Right. And so maybe even just having, you know, if you're thinking, okay, I've got five kids, they all have best friends. They all, we all have neighbors. We need to buy for everybody really stopping and thinking about what would impact somebody in a different way that wouldn't be as stressful. But if you're going, Oh my gosh, we've had a layoff or we have a different budget. Now I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a couple quick little tips that might help out to really expand what money you have and figure out how you can flex things a little bit. So I would say you feel like you don't have enough time, but you still do have some weeks left where you can really stop unnecessary spending and live a little frugally. And I know no one wants to hear that, but you know, it might mean making coffee at home for the day and making sure you don't have to stop because you ran out somewhere and pick something up. Um, it might mean, you know, even making sure that you're planning out lunches. And I know kids are getting to where they'll have days off from school, but even just thinking about, you know, what food you're going to be putting in the house and making sure, you know, you're looking for those BOGOs and those specials. So it might take a little more planning each week, you know, scaling back, um, really just focusing on the essentials that you need to get through the week, you need to get through the month. Um, and all of a sudden, I think what you'll find is you have a little more money to stretch than you thought, right? But it does take intention, which is something we always find with our finances. Finance it, money is money, it's energy, it's manageable, it's tangible, but it really takes intention. So maybe you haven't been living on a budget. But maybe this time of year is a good time to really evaluate that budget. And even if you just take a few um, days or a week and write down everything you're spending money on and then go back and look at it and say, okay, what can I cut out for the next few weeks? So I have an extra 50 or $100 at the end of the week that I can use versus pulling out my credit card, right? And if you are in a position where like, I have no choice, I have to pull out my credit card, really stop and look. A lot of people don't even fully know what their interest rates are for their, their credit card. You know, um, 
not that I want you to go get more debt, but you know, maybe you need to apply for a different credit card or look at something that might have 0% interest. So there's different programs like Affirm and different things that don't even necessarily report to the credit where it would be adding to your reportable debt that have 0% interest for like six months. Some places like Best Buy, again, might have 0% interest and it might be something where you can set up a payment plan and pay off versus having 22.9% interest on, on the other credit card. So really evaluating what is my budget on these different things? Where am I currently at? And then also to keep in mind how it's going to impact your credit moving into the future. So what a lot of people don't know too is the credit cards you do have, you want to keep them under 30% because the minute you go over 30%, your credit rating starts dropping. And that is going to be catastrophic if say February or March, you have all this debt built up and you have some emergency, you know, with the house or a car and your credits are really taking a major hit. So there's a lot of things to take in, in consideration, but I think the main thing is, um, you know, being a little frugal more than you do normally, really understanding where that spending's going, you know, maybe not getting takeout just because it's simple and you've been shopping all day, go home and make a sandwich. Are the kids going to survive versus having a ham sandwich? Then you make McDonald's on the way home because you're tired. Um, I deal with that all the time. My kids have a ton of practices. Um, I've got to pack food mainly because where their practice is at, it's hard to even leave and go get something. Um, and sometimes I'm tired coming home and I'm like, I just want to pick up pizza. But I'm like, no, if you plan out even, you know, using the crock pot, dust off that crock pot, pull it out, throw food in there in the morning because you know you're not going to be back till later. And just finding ways to make extra space for that money. You know, when it comes to food, one of the things I've definitely learned from my clients is that when you change the way that you eat, it's amazing the amount of money that you can save when mm -hmm. you plan out your meals. I mean, you can save hundreds of dollars a month on food. And I loved yeah. all the tips that you gave, especially the part about going in and planning out. Like if you know that your, your holiday money is tight this year to sit down and think, all right, these are the gifts I want to buy. Mm -hmm. Where can I buy them? especially like you said, like at Best Buy or at Target or wherever has where you can do 0% interest. Keep that frugalness. Look at sales. Sales, no interest, and then keep that frugalness going through January and get it paid off in January mm -hmm. instead of, you know, and making doing no interest. That is a huge, huge tip. Great, great information. Thank you so much. All right, Hannah, I have a really good question for you because I know your personality very well, I feel like, and I wanted to ask you about how to invest in people and relationships. So when we're really looking for approval and we're really looking for, you know, this affirmation of love, the bottom line is we're wanting an approved relationship. So when we're out shopping and we're hustling along in this season, how would you recommend that women go out and invest in the person that they're trying to buy for or invest in the relationships versus buying a bunch of more gifts that none of us need? I would say, number one, before you can invest in someone else and in a relationship, you have to start within. Um, you kind of have to do a check yourself before you wreck yourself evaluation. 
um, in the sense of where are you at mentally? Where are you at physically? Where are you at with time? Where are you at emotionally? Um, and those same questions and answers that you find within is the same way you pour into other relationships. You can invest in people and show them love by investing in their positive mental status, by being a good listener, by being a mentor, by leading by example. You can invest in someone by giving them your time, having a cup of coffee with them, sharing insight between one another, just having a straight out conversation. You can invest in them by investing in their health. By And what I mean by that is, as an example, if you know, just as a random act of kindness, that someone is just having a busy week ahead and you have an extra hour or two to where you can do a quick meal, prepare it, package it up and shoot it over to them, then do that. You know, it's those random acts of kindness. It's those, hey, I got you moments that we women appreciate the most. Because as you stated, um, when it comes to holiday season, we're like all over the place. I, I literally sat here this morning because we are the host of Thanksgiving 99.999% of the time. And as you all know, I run a full-time business. And um, so I have to really think like, okay, holidays and, and family gatherings are meant to be positive. They're not meant to be stressful, you know? So how can I eliminate some of the stress? So I sat here and made a checklist this morning and I actually texted it to my husband. I said, here's the things that need to be done. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's what you're going to do. Here's what our little 10 year old's going to do. Here's what my son is going to help with. Here's even what my father-in-law is going to do. And we're going to share the responsibility of making the holiday gathering easier for everyone involved. So for example, my son, I'm going to utilize one of his greatest gifts and talents. He's an incredible baker. So who do you think gets put on dessert? My son. My daughter loves to be the baker helper. So Sophia fits right in along there. And then she can help clean that mess up. But it's about it's it's about everyone really investing in one another and focusing on their strengths and allowing everyone to come together and work together, whether it's financially and the sense of, again, for, for let's use Thanksgiving, instead of one person hosting it and buying everything, spread it out, assign people. So-and-so can bring drinks. So-and-so can bring ice. Someone can bring a veggie tray. Someone can make their favorite dish so that not all of the financial responsibility falls upon the host. You could do the same thing in Christmas. Our family is huge. Between my husband and I, there is eight kids and six grandkids. So, you know, my focus is always the grandbabies, first and foremost, above all. Those are who get the most from us. The rest, we do, we make gifts. We do um, white elephant, I think is what it's called. I might be saying it wrong. Um, we do cookie exchanges. We do tamale parties. And we share all of that instead of running to the nearest Target or the nearest Walmart or the nearest mortgage jewelers. Um, I'm saying bring it back 
to tradition and utilize some of those traditions and making crafts, um, part of giving a gift is, is your time. Your time to someone else is your biggest gift ever. Your investment in yourself and in others is the biggest gift you can truly give anyone. So for those, um, for the single mamas out there, you know, that are struggling to say, how can I buy my kids presents this year? My answer to you is this, let people in your closest around, you know, where you're at, be honest and saying, Hey, you know what? I might need a little help this year. Do you know of any toy drives? Could we do a toy drive here? You know, so that no child is left behind. It's, it's called the gift of, of, of giving for a reason. So let's bring out, let's take away that stress and that mess and bring in more of the blessing of it all. So that's kind of one of the ways I would say, or a couple of ways. That's awesome. You know, I was thinking when you talked about making a meal for somebody during the holiday season, I've never thought about that. I've never thought about just the, in the craziness of it all, that is a gift. And that's a gift that you can get before the holiday, but it's a big gift. I mean, because like you were talking about our time, everyone's time is the most valuable thing that we have. Um, the episode that I just had just a few days ago about the holiday tips, how to survive. One of the things that how to survive the holidays without overeating, I should say, is that I challenged my listeners to when they're going into a holiday, a gathering to actually put down their fork and look the person in the eye and listen to them. You know, how many times do we sit at the table and all we do is we eat, 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 and never even look up and we're half listening to what people are saying. So I challenge them to put the fork down and you were talking about like how to make the experience better. You do that by engaging. And we're really, if we're really looking for improved relationships and approval, how better to get that than to actually give our family and our friends and our guests at our gatherings, our time. And it, it's just so valuable. That was, that was so good. Cause I think you're, and we talked a little bit about how to you know invest in your, in your own self and like looking where you are in your own health. I mean, that is so vital. Like you don't want to sit around. Like I was talking about earlier, those enemies of thankfulness. You don't want to sit around and think, oh, they don't appreciate that. Hmm. I don't want to be ungrateful. Like you don't want to have that bitterness or resentment going you know, when they leave. You want to, like you said, have a, a pleasant, joyful, peaceful place um, to where that everyone has felt like that they were a part of it. Such good stuff. All right. So let's talk a little bit about like overall wellness and health around being financially fit. Do either one of you have a story that you could tell us about how being financially unhealthy affected your total wellness? You're, you're muted, Heather. <laughs> Thank you, Hannah. Yeah. So the whole reason I went into the financial services business and found myself here was because of a life experience that me and my husband went through. So prior, you know, my degrees are in psychology and criminology and forensics, and I worked for the government, um, for many years in those fields and did really well. Um, and my husband 
was uh, worked with Delta and we had a limousine business too. So we were high on life and life smacked us right across the face. Um, and my husband got injured. And then once he healed from his injury during his treatment for being physically injured, we found out that he had pancreatic cancer and it was a very large mass. And we literally had three weeks to plan for him to either die on the operating table or possibly live. And um, our whole world's changed just literally in those few weeks. And um, over the next three years after that, um, you know, both of us had to separate from the type of jobs we had. We had to restructure our lives. Um, we had a, luckily attained a lot of physical items that we were able to um, sell and survive on, um, getting him to heal through those few years, um, and keeping him alive, literally. But what it taught me was how to be creative with money and how to use the resources we had and how to grow, um, and go from complete destruction survival mode back into thriving. And so that's what I do with families. A lot of time is take them from just a survival mode of, you know, living paycheck to paycheck. Um, which can be very destructive to your mental health because you feel like you're failing. Uh, you feel like you're failing your family. Uh, you're losing sleep because you're worried about if you have enough money for the bills, right? And that constant looming, gloomy um, emotion is just hanging over you uh, like the perfect storm, you know, all the time. And it's, you, you get into those habits, like you were saying, Keitha, of just like stress eating, um, you know, making excuses, um, feeling like you have to hide from, you know, family, cause maybe you can't afford to, to, to do what you want to do for them. Um, so really just, you get into, sometimes people will even literally just, you know, completely shut down. So you have to reevaluate and be willing to step out of that. And so that's what I conversation I have often with families is that the first step to financial wellness, um, dollar wise, physically wise, emotional wise is really that come to Jesus meeting where you're honest, completely honest with yourself on where you are at, the things you haven't accomplished and where it is you really need to go. Um, and until you've had that honest conversation with yourself and with your spouse or your partner, because that is the other problem is a lot of times those two people aren't communicating effectively. Um, and then you need to sit down and have that conversation with someone who can advise you on how to go from that physically crippling survival mode back into a thriving, successful mode. And like I said before, money is, is energy and money is literally a physical item, but it is tangible, but it takes intention. And unfortunately, a lot of us view money as dirty or negative, or some people even evil because of things that have happened either directly to us or in the generations in our family. And learning to view money as in a different way, right. And, and healing from that trauma 
of an event or generational trauma and then resetting those standards um, and really overcoming those inequalities that we've put on ourselves or allowed others to put on us so that we can move forward in a positive direction. But I will tell you that no matter where you're starting from, whether you're starting from a really low point where you're like, all I, I don't even have enough for the month, you know, or, or whether you are making a ton of money, but you're just blowing it and you have no idea where the money is going or what you're saving for the future. Cause I see people on both sides of the spectrum. When you really sit down and make that commitment to have an actual plan of action, you will literally breathe easier, sleep better and have an instant burst of confidence because that's really what happened to me. Once I really sat down with someone that could show me, okay, this is horrible and this is what you've walked through. This is the aftermath, but this is what we can do to put you on the right track. And once you can see that, it literally is an instant calming, at least it was for me, effect. And I was able to when I choose to sleep, <laughs> um, able to put my head down on the pillow and, and go to sleep without a million things running through my mind. Absolutely. I think a lot of people lose a lot of sleep over finances and, and it all go, it all goes hand in hand because when you think about weight loss, you have to sleep. Your body has to recover. It has to have time to heal. And when you don't sleep and you're stressed, it sends your hormones out of control. And then that help that holds on to makes your body hold on to weight. And it's, it's the same principles. When I was listening to you talk, it's the same thing as when I had to make a decision to lose weight, I had to make a choice. I had to look at it. I had to look at the ugly, I had to mm -hmm. see what the problem really was and make a decision and go from there. And I think, and as soon as you start to make a little progress, then you start to have success and confidence and faith and in it, yourself, faith in yourself. And then the other thing that, that it's not what we're talking about today, but I do think it's very interesting is how, how people start to, when they take one of these areas, whether it's their spirituality, their mental wellness, their financial health, their, you know, their weight, whatever it is, when they start to work on that and they start to get confidence, all the other areas start to clean up naturally. Yeah. So how many people have you heard that, you know, they start to get their house in order, they start to declutter their house whenever they get their money right, because we start to bury so many things and we get paralyzed with the stress mm -hmm. of whatever it is that's weighing us down. And finances, yeah. I think, is something that weighs people down tremendously. Hannah, do you have anything to add? I would just say in the sense of you, you asked, um, was there a time in my life when I, I was just so stressed out about finances and um, I wanted to take it back a little more. You know, a lot of our our money patterns or finance patterns start at a young age by what we're exposed to. If there was a scarcity, sometimes we grow up in a scarcity mindset. And in my case, um, I was raised by my grandparents and um, partially my mom. And my mom was a single mom who had to work two jobs all the time. My grandparents um, were old fashioned. They both worked, they both saved. And so I was kind of taught like the middle 
of where I would see my mom constantly on a budget or constantly saying, no, you can't have that because I can't afford it. And then I would see the other side where my grandparents would give me the world, even if it meant them sacrificing something. So there was like this imbalance. Then I became a mom and I worked two jobs for many years. I was a single mom for many years. And um, it really hit me one day when I was looking at my two youngest children and I worked as a, as a food server. And there were often times when I had to bring the kids to work because I couldn't afford a babysitter or the babysitter I had called me last minute and said, I can't babysit. So I was looking at my kids one day, they were sitting in the booth and they were rolling silverware. Um, and I thought, wow, this has to stop. What am I teaching them? Am I teaching them to, you know, grow up and watch, like, are they going to continue to watch their mom struggle or can I teach them the responsibility of finance and show them that there is a better way? In other words, I didn't want my kids to always see their mom in survive mode. I wanted them to see their mom in thrive mode. So I had to really like stop and and check myself and say, okay, what am I doing wrong or maybe not wrong, but what am I, what can I do differently? How can I start to save money? How, what things can I change? And one of the biggest things that I found was I was always in a hurry, literally in a hurry to get the kids to school, in a hurry to get to my first job, in a hurry to pick the kids up from school, in a hurry to get to my second job. So guess what this mom did a lot? I stopped at McDonald's. I stopped at Taco Bell. And I was spending the extra money that I was working to make into feeding the kids when really I could save that extra money and not have to work two jobs and cook at home. Like there were little things that I learned along the way to tweak. And I had to really like learn it on my own because I didn't have that money example. And then as I got older, I started to see more and more of things that I could shift and change. And then I was sitting in church one day and we were, the subject was abundance and how, you know, we're supposed to live a life of abundance. And a lot of people take that word into monetary, meaning when you're saying live in abundance, you know, that gives you the green light to go get every credit card, travel to every country, buy the mansion, buy the cookie, buy the shoes, buy the purse. But really what I took from that message was living in abundance. And part of abundance is peace of mind having the peace of mind of not having to owe a credit card or knowing that I could make my next car payment, knowing that I wasn't borrowing from Mary to pay Margaret. Like there were so many different forms of abundance and really setting that abundance mindset. And so then they offered a class. Um, I think his name's Dave Ramsey. And I took the class and read the book three times um, I did the envelope system. Um, I did all these different things and I, to see what worked best for me. And every time I would take this class and do something new from the book, I found like there was like this epiphany, all these light bulbs are going off at the same time. And I put the different things. I took what I could use, what I knew worked best for me. And I used those as guides. And then I explored it more and more and more and became 
a, 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 a proactive person versus a reactive person. And trust me when I tell you, there was a lot of errors. A lot of mistakes were made. A lot of bad money decisions were made. Um, you know, it's one thing that we could talk about is like when you're talking about financially fit, um, physically fit, mentally, emotionally, all those things tie in together because as I was hitting this um, financial, I don't want to say crisis, but when I was in survive mode, I mean, if I'm eating, if I'm stopping to get fast food for my kids, what do you think I'm eating? What happens? You start packing on the pounds. Then after you go and you pack on the pounds and you eat it and you spend the money, you're like, crap, I did it again. Right? So it's like, I had to really like say, okay, we got to break the cycle at the and And where do we break the cycle? It has to be with us first before we can help anybody else or give anyone else advice. We have to help ourselves. And so it's just, it goes back to investing in yourself first, really understanding and having that deep conversation of where are you right now in your own two shoes? Don't compare yourselves to others. Don't think you know, just really do an evaluation of where you are physically, financially, health-wise, all of that. And this is the perfect time of year to do it. You can do it in a, in a, in a mindset of gratitude. I'm thankful for where I am, but I'm thankful for what I'm going to learn. I'm thankful for what's happening because it might be teaching me something. If you, if you start to switch that, you'll notice different things. So like when you're talking about being healthy or physically fit, physically fit requires all of those different things to be in alignment together. Because if one is out of whack, chances are the others are going to be too. And then you're just constantly living in the um, the shame, the blame, uh, mm-hmm. or, you're, or you're operating in self-sabotage. So it's really just being honest with yourself and, and learning from those different things and asking for help. What is wrong with being vulnerable and asking people for help? Absolutely nothing. There's nothing wrong with it. It doesn't make you any less of a woman or a person when you say, you know what, I'm stuck and I don't know what to do, but I think you might have some insight. So build that team of people who you can trust and lean into in times of need. That was so good. Oh my gosh. I was listening to you. So one of the things I made terrible, terrible financial decisions, majority of my life. And there's so many reasons by around it, why I've looked back at it. But one of the things that I did was I took that Dave Ramsey course too. I took it after a terrible divorce. I learned how to do those envelopes and I learned so much from that course that I literally like completely changed my finances by doing the course. Like you said, when you take it and you learn from it. But one of the things that I actually did was because what I learned from that course was like you had talked about um, breaking the cycle. Mm -hmm. I realized I had been such a terrible example for my children. And my children were both in college at the time when I took this course. So that's not too long ago. And 
at least I feel like it wasn't too long ago, but they're getting older, but the, (laughs) I gave them, I, I bought that course for them and I gave it both to them for Christmas one year and said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I did not teach you how to money manage money. I'm sorry. I made these terrible mistakes. I'm sorry that I didn't give you the resources that you need. So I gave them the course. And I think that like we were talking about investing in others. That's one of my, I think, proudest mama moments because I felt like I had to be vulnerable and say, I screwed up. I wasn't a great mom in this regard because I was trying to give and give and give and I didn't manage and I didn't have time and I was running from one thing to the other. And so majority of the time I was mismanaging my own money because I didn't have time to manage it. And then, like you said, it went back into the fast food and it was running through this pizza and get this thing and get that place. And it was just so much wastefulness that just, I probably could be really well off right now, but you (laughs) ladies have given us some great, great information. Um, I'm going to go ahead and drop the Becoming Unstoppable Woman in Finance um, book link in the show notes. Is there anything else that you'd like me to share with the listeners as far as like how to work with you or any other books or courses that you have that maybe would help them get their finances in order? I have two. (laughs) The first one is Dave Ramsey's uh, book was incredible. The courses were incredible, but here's the cool part. Women created a book called Becoming an Unstoppable Woman in Finance. And everything that we just talked about, we share in the woman's perspective. It is literally the guide of what we've done and what not to do. So we totally (laughs) just gave the test and answers at one time. And my second would be um, the book that you're in, Unleash Her. Part of becoming physically fit, financially fit, mentally, emotionally, spiritually is really digging deep and understanding where you are in life and unleashing the things that no longer serve you and making room for things that can. And so those would be my two top to say, if you want to invest in yourself, grab those two books, align with women who are on that similar path, who have an understanding, create connections and relationships that are meaningful and stand in your purpose and know that wherever you are right now, good or bad, this too will pass. Meaning it's always changing. It's always evolving as are you. Absolutely. You know, I still can't really think about the Unleash Her book and especially just the way that you described it without tearing up just a little bit, (laughs) because when you read those stories in that, in the book and you read the women's perspective like it just is so inspiring and you do have to dig so deep and it's not always easy work and so it's it's such good stuff and spoiler alert it's going to be in the trailer is for my black friday sale i'm giving when you buy my course you're getting the unleash her book the signed copy of unleash her book for free so anyway heather what do you have Well, aside from, um, to add on to what you ladies both just said, because I do think both those books are very powerful, can be life-changing, you know, if you really dig deep and look at what they said, these are real life examples. So 
you can identify with these. These are real people. These are real events that happen. Um, this is real advice from people that have already walked through what you are trying to now walk through or overcome. So I think that is extremely valuable. Um, you know, and you can get the ebook version if you like to look at it online, or you can get the print version, you know, from any one of us, we'd be happy to, to give them to you. Um, in addition to that, I do do three, not really courses, but I do do three different um, sessions a lot of times with families and, and they're completely free. So you, uh, you do not have to buy a course um, from Dave Ramsey uh, to meet with me. I am more than happy to offer my services and education um, for free uh, because it means so much to me. You can also listen to my podcast, Financial GPS Mama, because I do go over several of these in that. Um, but I have three things that really help people build. Uh, the first is how to build your financial house. And so really looking at your financial future and success one layer at a time, just like your house, building your foundation, adding the walls. What does that look like? Then you're adding rooms and just making that analogy of you being able to physically see that process. Um, and then I also have marriage and money. So if you are having a hard time, maybe you have a spouse that is not in aligned with your uh, planning and money, those conversations can be difficult. Um, and as we grow, sometimes we need to bring the whole family along with us. So that marriage and money kind of dives in, not just to, you know, the direct spouse, it could be a single mom and having those conversations with your kids too. So I, um, it's more than just, you know, husband and wife or spouse with the marriage and money. And then I also have a how money works um, for adults and how money works for kids. So like you were saying, you know, passing that on to your children, whether they be little children or not. I know I already have conversations with my kids about money, not to guilt them, but to just make them aware Um and really, you know, just educating them along the way. So each one of them has a savings account, a spending account, and an investment account, and they're six and 12. So uh, we made mistakes too with our 27-year-old, and we're still trying to get her to <laughs> figure herself out. So we all have had journeys. None of it has been perfect. Um, but like Hannah said, the number one thing, and like I said before, is just really coming to terms with the fact that you don't have all the answers and you may have done something wrong or, or not really wrong, but it could be done better and, and really being willing to search for the better, right? What does that look like for you? Understanding fully where you're at, getting organized as far as what needs to be addressed, you know, tracking that spending, whether it be maybe looking at what you're spending right now, but you can always go back into your accounts and look at where that frivolous spending happened that put you in that bad position, right? Um, stop unnecessary spending and really just making a plan, you know, moving into 2023. I mean, we all want to have better health, more money and the new you every new year, right? And sometimes- More happiness, thinking, more joy, more peace yeah, every more year. Peace. And I think that both these books can help bring you more success and peace. Um, and I'm also more than willing to meet with anybody and kind of just let them do that check-in. Where am I at? You know, what, what do, what should I change? What would make the biggest impact? And like you said, making those small tangible goals, because sometimes that's the other thing is we set ourselves up for these big, huge goals. And then they seem so unattainable that that just becomes its own stress, right? 
but setting those smaller achievable goals, whether it be the finance, weight loss, whatever it is, um, is definitely what I tell people. That's why I named it GPS because we can all follow directions if we're given them. And sometimes we have to recalculate, right? (laughs) Absolutely. That is awesome. Well, ladies, thank you so much for being here. It's always a joy to talk to you two and get some wisdom from you and just how you just share your love for women is just amazing. And I'm just glad that you're on the show today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Have a wonderful holiday season. Sister, could you relate? Did you feel that woman inside of you just trying to break free? If so, then we need to be friends. Head on over to the Facebook and send me a friend request. I'll actually accept it. You'll get my daily healthy eating recipes and see all the fun I have living a larger life in my smaller body. And you may even get a laugh or two over me and my 50 plus chickens. I proudly claim the crazy chicken lady title. Plus, you might get some gardening tips on growing your own healthy meals. You'll quickly fall in love with my chocolate lab Brady and one of my many cats. You'll also see that I am a lipstick loving, coffee drinking, mom, wife, and Jesus freak. Can't wait to see you over on Facebook. And more importantly, I really want to hear your thoughts on the show. I want to see your written reviews. Take 60 seconds and leave me a written review and then screenshot it and go on Instagram and tag me so I can give you a proper thank you for your review. If you're already thinking I might be the coach from you, you can go ahead and schedule a free appointment with me at coachkeitha.com. And how you spell Keitha is K-E-A-T-H-A, coachkeitha.com. You can find all my social links in the show notes as well as my website link. Thanks again for listening to my show. I'll see you on the battlefield. Until next time.